The car business is rapidly changing and modern car dealers are meeting the demand. I'm Michael Cirillo, and together we're going to explore what it takes to create a thriving dealership and life in the retail automotive industry. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with subject matter experts that are designed to help you grow. This is The Dealer Playbook. Eric Barbosa is the Vice President of Variable Operations at the Cavender Auto Group. Thanks so much for joining me here in Arlington. Yeah. I guess we're here in Arlington. Mu- Where are we? Music City Hall? M- music Hall. Yeah, Arlington Music Hall. Music Hall. Excited. Finally get to meet you in person, actually. So yeah, absolutely. your podcast, so thank you for having me. Love it. There's a couple of things just to set the table. I want to learn about how you got into automotive for those that, you know, care to learn that context. Did you fall backwards into it like the rest of us? No, no. I think I've been in it for a long time. Saw something headed up that I was washing cars or something at 16 at a car wash. And right. then I got into sales at a dealership at 18 in Southern California. Oh. And then did that for a while. And then I made it to Texas in 04. And Kind of the rest is history. I've been been doing it for a long time and wouldn't think of doing anything else. So, right. Yeah. Love it. So newly newly named vice president of variable operations for Cavender Group, which is a well-known group here in the state of Texas. Yeah. Congratulations on that, first awesome. and foremost. When you move into a group that's been around for 80 years that has processes and things that they're doing. What are some of the things that you're looking at as immediate opportunities right out of the gates? You know, got to say that different deal. Right. So coming from privately owned or corporations or my last deal where I was a managing partner, but it was still corporately owned. And then coming into a fourth generation group, it is different. And some of the things you, you want to go in to look is what are they doing right? Not so much what are the things that they're doing wrong? You know, so it's a different view of it and the things that they're doing right, make sure those are, are solid and, and working correctly and then start finding the things or opportunities as po- opposed to what's broken, what's wrong, what's this, what's that. Right. There's, there's opportunities everywhere. That's funny you say that. I mean, we tend to have that bias in automotive where we're like, let's all right, let's flip over that rock and see everything that's wrong here. Yeah. But I mean, 80 years, there four generations, there's some longevity there. So to your point, yeah. they're doing something right. They're doing a lot of right. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of right. To me, their biggest thing is their culture. It is solid. Yeah. Like it is. It is. It is different. It's real. Uh, a lot of people say it. They're living it. Right. Yeah. There is a Cavender thing about it. It's pretty amazing. What I love about that is in an industry where we tend to gravitate towards buzzwords, right? Transparency. Yeah. It's one thing to say it. It's another thing to demonstrate it. It's one thing to say we've got a culture and core values. It's another thing to just live it. And I was saying this to Kobe. He's sitting off camera over here. I don't know what he's doing, live tweeting or something. He's doing something <laughs> over there. And I noticed it the minute I walked into the store. I'm like, there's a different vibe going on here. Was that a similar experience for you? Yeah, because when I first met them, I you know, I didn't have any intention, really. I was curious. Mm-hmm. But after meeting the G3 and G4s, the group, the Cavenders, right. I sensed it the moment I walked in and then I then I sensed it ever since then. Like it's it's legit. And it, it really puts things in perspective because I thought I was a culture guy at my store and right. and not no. I'm not at that standard yet. Wow. You know, it's it's weird to say it. Yeah. Yeah. How do you navigate that as a leader 
where perhaps the 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 notion is oh well i'm i'm in this role because i've got it all figured out to balance that and say well no i'm also a student yeah and it's okay to be a leader and a student how do you how do you rally buy-in around that com- coming in as quote unquote the new guy into the organization expose yourself first mm. what do you mean by that expose yourself first the fact what you just said i'm in a new role right yeah. Be- before i've had three or four stores at this level this is eight stores in a, in a metroplex that's a fourth generation that has no general managers so i mean expose yourself first and honestly put yourself at their level like i process if i were them how would i want to be talked to taught coach mm-hmm. and and then take that approach and, and again back to the finding opportunities not what you're doing wrong and think i'm having some success with those people taking that approach or, or the staff the leaders there and then being humble enough to know that uh, i'm going to learn from them because right. they've been there i right. haven't i love that there's a level of I feel like, you know, for, for so long, we've, we've been laboring to wrap our heads around being bosses versus leaders and what that really looks like. And what you've just said really is inspiring, I think, and, and really aligns with what we hope to bring to the industry yeah. about what leadership looks like. There's a level of humility. There's a level of confidence. There's a level of, like you said, exposure yeah. that creates wisdom. Right. Not just experience, not just, oh, you were the guy that sold the most cars and now you're going to blah, 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 blah. I mean, maybe there's a context that that works. Maybe there isn't. But you're saying, hey, but like perpetual learning, exposure, time, experience, it all matters. And we're all on the same team. Mm -hmm. We're all learning and growing together. Look, I'm going to tell you, we all have egos. If we don't, we shouldn't be in the business. (laughs) I have an ego. I don't like to lose. I'm a big, you know, big Kobe Bryant fan. I'm a mentality. Right. And but sometimes you have to reflect on what winning is to me and what it winning is to them make sure we're on the same page with that and then coaching you know like let's coach up not coach mm-hmm. down let's coach right up. yeah i love that yeah. i love that you're saying to defining let's define success let's define what winning looks like yeah i find it interesting especially in our digital age where we have instant uh feedback i guess yeah. about what winning should look like or what losing should feel like there are so many people out there that i I would anticipate are actually winning, but feel like they're losing because they never defined yeah. what winning actually looks like. You know, and uh, it's funny you bring that up. I was telling, talking to Kobe, known for my our social media presence. You know, we had a number one viewed dealer in the nation in a town of 4,000 people. We had half a billion impressions organically. We produced 700,000 engagements. You see, I'm saying this like it's normal, right. right? Right. But then going into this world, you know, I can't have, just because that happened there isn't going to be as easy to do it here. And then knowing that and then, okay, well, let's define is that winning might have been at that place. But at this place, what is winning? What does that look like? And how do we put that in place? And then getting all these people to believe in it. You know, it's a lot. It's a lot of communication. It's all communication. Yeah. From your vantage point. I'm sorry. And comprehension. Mm, yeah. Isn't that I was having a conversation not too long ago. Because today, so much communica- communication happens yeah. through text messaging and instant messaging. And I've, I've seen just so much drama in the workplace, not mine, thankfully, but in other workplaces, <laughs> yeah. erupt. And they wonder, well, how did we get here? How did we so full of resentments and not, not willing to work with one another? And, I, and my feeling is, because when that's how you communicate, it's left up to your writing ability, if you're the writer, right. and my reading comprehension. 
And, you know, the average individual in North America has like a sixth grade reading comprehension level. Yeah. And so my feeling is, I'd love your take on this. I feel like according to today's standard of communication, if we are, if we feel that we are over communicating, it probably means we're barely just communicating enough. That's true. Yeah. So how do you mitigate that? How do, what do you install as a leader to say, no, that's not, that's actually what you've been doing. That's not communication. In fact, you know, it just depends at what level you're at. I, I think, you know, for your, let's just say you're a sales manager and you got 10, 15 guys, mm-hmm. you can start by getting to know who your audience is. How do they communicate? You know, mm-hmm. do it in person because they all communicate differently. Right. You know, the generation too. It's a big difference. You know, like, me personally, don't email me. I just, I'm not an email guy. I'm a, right. I'm a text guy. And, right. and then if I read the text and I don't understand it, I'm picking up the phone and calling because sometimes right. you can take it out of context. But having that interaction and, and knowing who you're talking to, and, yeah. hey, how, how did you mean this? Because maybe I'm wrong. Right. And before I take, we have we have a particular person that speaks a certain way. I won't say their name. Copy. Um, <laughs> it's not Kobe. <laughs> but he could tell me one thing and then tell maybe Rob or Kobe something else. Right. And we all, it's the same thing. We all interpret it differently. Interesting. So knowing that person is important. So I would recommend, depending on your level, if you're able to get to know your audience, how do they communicate? What's their what's their their language type, right? Perception is not reality. Perception is one's reality. That's correct. This is how this is how my old pappy and I can go to the same burger joint, and I'm like, dude, that was the best flipping burger I've ever had in my life, and he's like. It's okay. It's okay. You know, could have had a little less of that. And I'm like, okay. Yes. But we see that all the time. Do you feel like in, in your career, I feel like in mine, but I'm, I'm curious your take, that in the span of your career, we've become more open to that fact that, oh, wait, we're dealing with so many different personality types. And, and maybe we need to increase our patience and understand those back to your point about understanding. Cause I feel like it back in the day, especially a lot of probably the, the leadership material that we've consumed, it's like accountability, hire, hire, slow, fire fast, you know, and it's just kind of void of understanding, but it's like, may, maybe that person's doing the best, or maybe they're the right person in the wrong role, or maybe they're yeah you know maybe we're not communicating effectively with them or i mean as i think as a leader awareness you know hyper awareness of of everything like that and yeah and knowing how to communicate when to communicate what i mean think about that we got taught real i remember elementary what was it how when who right what why they yeah basics right the same thing with people in in a leadership role and again as long as you go into it knowing that you're learning and between the conversations of two and there'll be growth there. You know, I just back to communication and comprehension. Right. You know. How do you know when it's time to, when you as a leader have just done what you can and it's time to move on? Cause I'll, I'll tell you vulnerably, sometimes I struggle with that. I'm like, oh, but I see the good in them. Yeah. How do you know when to go? Meh. I don't think it ever stops. Say you got a sales consultant that you can't, can't get past six. Uh, maybe they're not supposed to be sales consultant, coach them up in a, and repurpose them in a different role. You've already put all that time into them. It just might not be their deal. Mm. You know, being aware of that. And then they might flourish in service. They might flourish in parts. They might flourish in marketing. You know, just think being aware. I don't, I don't give up. Uh, I don't like that. Doesn't mean I haven't. Right. Uh, and I think I give up on me, not on them. Maybe yeah. I'm not the one that can get them coached up. Mm, interesting. I like that. That's a different vantage point for sure. 
Let's shift gears to variable. What are the opportunities you're seeing in the next 18 to 24? And if I'm, and then I think my, my sidebar to that is for somebody that's considering getting into automotive, is it as doom and gloom as the media wants us to believe, or is there still opportunity here to make a, make a living? I don't know how long you've been in the business. How long have you been? In I'm going on 20, 23 years. Same, right? Same 18 and 40. I'll be 42 this month. How many times have we heard it? Yeah. It's, it's like every third year or something, right? So <laughs> right. I don't, I don't think it's all a mindset. I don't believe in the doom and gloom. I believe in preparation. I believe the next 18 to 24, there is a shift just like COVID, but I think we're going back to 18, 19 type volume. Okay. Okay. Service is big for us. We're going after that uh, service drive business. Me and Kobe get, and Rob get to speak a lot and throw these ideas, even with WB and, and Lee, the Cavenders. And one thing we want to go after that we saw it at, can I, I can probably say the dealership, right? Paragon. Yeah. Dude's a beast. And Ben Stock, oh my yeah. God. His people are beasts. His, right. Everything there is amazing. But the synergies between sales and service and parts should be one, opposed to these compartmentalized departments, right? right? There's right. there's a lot to, to do there. And then I'm a big believer in recruitment. You know, stop the old uh, schedules and uh, constraints of commission base and start acquiring. I, you know, my previous, again, almost 50% female uh, employees, which made a big difference, you know, and I think opening up those doors where you're not just, we're working battle bell six days a week. Yeah, right. Yeah. Can you work a 30 day work week and be effective and then gain some different talent? I mean, I think that's big and um, social media marketing. I think that's a big deal. You can break down Rapporo right there by just being out there branding, you know, branding the company. You know, Dude, I've been seeing your posts and I'm like, this guy's got social media figured out, right? Because, well, but I mean, hey, you're posting the same thing that some dude in freaking Doglick, Nebraska is posting, and he gets three likes. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, hold on. We got to. Yeah, there it is. Kobe can't hear the sound effect. Um, But I've seen your posts, and without having met you first, I got a sense of your passion and your excitement about what you do. Do you think that feeds through to i mean engagement people are tagging their loved ones saying wait this might be for you like yeah. you don't see that very often i think it's pretty uncommon maybe again back when i got in the business they called it prospecting right you have to go and do all this stuff sure now you get a phone and you can post something yeah, and the, the most powerful tool known to many it's so easy and, and right. i was doing the math with our team if the average person has 300 friends and uh, you share a post, get them to share that times 300 times 300. I mean, you're talking about millions in reaches right. by post. Right. Teachers have how to do that. They're on it anyway. They're using this three hours of the day right. to consume. Why not to make it to promote and brand your company and them and then show them how to monetize it? What do you think the hesitation is? Why more people aren't adopting social, even though it's been around for um, I don't know how I'm going to say this. Not in my environment. This is this is a, this is a non-negotiable for for people that I work with. And going into this group, you gotta. I don't want to force it on them, but I need to show them why, and then get them to buy in. And if I can get thirty to forty percent of them, then we're winning. You know. So yeah, I don't. I don't believe in the not. It's no different than making phone calls. It's such a. I mean, it blows my mind that that thing is sitting in our pocket, and it's more powerful than what put people on the moon. <laughs> that's a mic drop there. That's, that's right. If we ever landed in the moon. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, if you're a believer, <laughs> yeah, right. we made it there. 
I just, you're right. This is, this is something that if your dealership isn't involved in some way with, with your staff, you know, actually do it. Here's another thing. Some dealerships don't like their staff doing. What? I mean, why? They think they're just going to be unproductive and. I mean, don't know. You know, we have rules with us. It's, it's got to be professional and don't get involved in certain things and, you know, build your site to make sure if you have your personal, keep it personal and then build another one that's right. business. Right. And then we'll show you how to make money on it. You know, interesting. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the one point of contact A to Z model? I know you've got some some experience with that and and obviously in other models. Do you think there's opportunity there? Is that the way that of the future or do you think we're still in a store by store, person by person kind of beta of that whole model? I was not in on it when I first got here, mm-hmm. being completely transparent. I love the idea and concept. Right. Always have. Right. Uh, but now seeing it, uh, like we have a one price, one person in one hour. And, and I see for marketing, it's huge. For the consumer, is big. We just have to get the logistics down on our end because you're changing some vocabulary of definitions of positions. Right. That's confusing. Right. But at the end of the day, it's not. And again, we another dealer we got to go and visit graciously is Paragon and, and they're being really good at it. So if they're doing it and they're effective and their customer base is enjoying it, why couldn't we do it here? And we, we are at our Cavender Nissan Rockwall. And, and I think we're the first store, right, Kobe, in Texas. And we plan for, for it to work. And I think it's going to be big for us. I love it. I want to circle back just in closing and touch on something that you said that just aligns so deeply with my mindset, which is preparation. Yeah. I firmly believe that if you are prepared, you will not fear. Yeah. And people that fear and panic about whatever's happening in the world is because they knew they should have prepared. They were even maybe a lot of times told how to prepare and then they just kind of chose not to. Yeah. What does preparation mean to you in the context of uh, your stewardship at Cavender over, you know, variable? I don't know who said this, but I know what GM told me. It's funny you said that. It's prepare to fail, but don't fail to prepare. Right. And as you know, mid twenties, I've always taken that approach. And for us, is again educating, creating awareness, and keeping them focused on preparations. No different than sports. You practice eighty percent of the time, and twenty percent you're playing the game. Love it, man. I really appreciate your time. Congratulations again on your role as vice president of Variable at Cavender. An amazing group amazing people how can those listening or watching get in touch with you linkedin facebook and honestly go to cavenderauto.com and hashtag love it thanks man thanks for joining me on the dealer playbook yep i'm michael cirillo and you've been listening to the dealer playbook podcast If you haven't yet, please click the subscribe button wherever you're listening right now. Leave a rating or review and share it with a colleague. Thanks for listening.